0: Now there's not like the rules of spaces. And that's what I always like to is where are there still rules in design? I had this conversation before with some other people. It was like, you know, someone made the comment, oh, I can't do this, or I can't use, once again, this color, or I can't use this pattern, or I can't do this. And it's like, but where are the rules? And if you think there are still rules, then
1: be the rule breaker. Hey, it's Margot Tanto here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. It's Margot here. Thank you so much for tuning into Windowsill Chats. I am always humbled and thrilled that you want to spend some time here. And I had a really great time with this episode today. I have the pleasure of introducing you to my dear friend Abby Campbell. Abby and I work together in Kansas City, which we go into, and she's just one of the smartest, most clever, creative people I know. And She, like me, kind of channels her creativity in one of the many other ways. I say other because I know a lot of you listening consider yourselves a studio artist or a maker or an illustrator or something along those lines. But Abby is a creative thinker and an um amazing stylist and an idea person and a make things happen person and a make things beautiful person. So we go into this. She tells you a little bit about what she's done, but she was a videographer for an outdoor production company. And we go into that a little bit because it sounds kind of romantic, but it it was really pretty gritty. She has a lot of stories from that. She's definitely a retail nerd. She loves working in the retail environment she opened a store of her own when she lived in Rhode Island. I met her when she worked in a wonderful, beautiful retail store in Kansas City. And she and I were able to work together at Hallmark in Kansas City. And that's where we really fell into sync with each other, just kind of knew that we wanted to work on a lot of things together. So right now, Abby is making her mark at a company called Demdeco, which is also in Kansas City. It's a wholesale and a retail company. They sell direct to you, the the consumer, and they sell to wonderful stores all over the place. But she makes that product sing. Like, honest to goodness, she does. She does just an amazing job with anything she touches. She's a true visionary. The cool part about this conversation is Abby and I have worked together on and off on many projects, but she's one of those friends that I just love talking to because I'm inspired to do better. I'm inspired to think through things in a different way. And we just really want to bring that to you and and hopefully this kind of jogs some things loose in you and maybe create some questions. And at the end, we both say, or I do, and I'm sure she would agree. You know, reach out with questions. What do you want to hear more about? You know, this podcast is here to keep you company in your creative day and on your journey. But really, what would you like to hear more about? So this is kind of the start of that. I hope to bring Abby back more, a little bit more about Abby. She's an amazing cook. She cooks and bakes in a beautiful kitchen she has. She says it calms her brain. She loves to garden. She says she loves everything in nature except mosquitoes. And she's a traveler for sure. Um, And and here's a little trivia. She lives on a street in Kansas. One of those streets that at Christmas time, everyone drives down. Like when she bought her house, she had to know that to buy that house, she had to do her lights a certain way at Christmas. (laughs) But anyway, enough chit chat about Abby. Let me introduce you to her in real life. Thank you for being here. I'm excited. You know, I've been trying to make this happen for uh, how long has this podcast been happening now?
0: I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. This is exciting. I think that I really, really wanted to, <laughs> honestly.
1: You know I do. No, the cool thing is about somebody that's a great friend and somebody that you see eye to eye and mind to mind with is that all of that happens is you keep learning for things from each other. So, at some point you stop long enough to say, "Oh gosh, maybe we could maybe we should record that." Exactly, and we've said that numerous times. So, so. here we are, number one. It's officially happening. <laughs> it's
0: officially exactly.
1: Happening. So, gosh, I'm trying to think back. I mean, I could kind of do know where we all, where it all started, but for those of you who don't know, um, Abby lives in Kansas City. I used to live in Kansas City, and Abby, when we met, worked for a really great uh, visual, a shop that had really great visuals. Um, called Curious Sofa. And she was the, kept it on track, let's say. And then the Curious Sofa and the owner, the very clever owner went on to do other things. So Abby was kind of like, Hey, what should I do now? And I was working at Hallmark and started a new gift division there and thought Abby is exactly who I need to have helped me shape this. So Thank that's you. how it all started. Bye. What'd you say? You're too kind. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. Oh my gosh, it was. You know, you when you meet that person that can kind of complete your sentences, but better and better than you would have ever completed him. That's that's Abby for me. Oh my so. gosh, I'm
0: blushing. You can't <laughs> see it, but I'm blushing.
1: <laughs> well, but you know, and the fun thing is, we would get together, and it's not like we would say like what are you cooking for dinner? Which was also good because Abby's was great cook, but it's, it was more like what cool business things are happening. What's happening out there? What do you see? How can we help other people? What, what's transformative? How can we make this product better? Like literally you guys, that kind of inspirational connection um, that makes other, makes our business or makes other businesses better. So that's why I really wanted to have you on Abby, because I feel like there's so many people out here listening That are like, well, I want to make my business a business or make it better. So um, let's inspire, shall we? Yes. (laughs)
0: Let's get going. Uh, I'm ready.
1: (laughs) So um, a little bit about you. Tell me, tell me, tell us your background because it's pretty cool. Oh my gosh.
0: It's all over the place. Um, You know, that saying, Jack of all trades, master of none. (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm not a master of none, but True. I definitely have a very diverse background. And someone referred to it a while back ago as I'm a generalist. I know a lot about mm. a lot of things and yep. I've done a lot of things.
1: That makes two of us.
0: And they don't all coincide on where mm-hmm. I currently am in my career.
1: True. So, but would you say that knowing a lot of things makes you think? look at anything you're doing now with a broader perspective
0: yes absolutely mm-hmm. and before I thought you know sometimes people refer to that as like you just haven't found your niche yet or you just haven't found this or people write it off as a bad thing I don't and I think it's taken me a while to realize that it's not a bad thing mm-hmm. that it's really made me I mean for a cheesy saying a better per, a better worker, a better employee, a better coworker, a better collaborator, all for of the sure. above that it's really shaped in my, my career and that I'm able to understand it better and not, I used to make excuses for it, mm-hmm. in which now looking back, that wasn't a good thing
1: either. Excuses for having done several different right. things. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Like, you know, not that I wasn't successful at it, but it just, you know, it was like, oh, okay. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. I, you know, and some of, I think I've said this before in here, but my, I remember my mom saying, your uncle asked me like, what is Margo doing now? And, and we came from a certain era where our parents, you know, had a job and they kept that job and that was their forever. Right. That's so we thought that's what we were supposed to do. And I remember my first job out of college being like, Oh my God, are you kidding me? I have to stay (laughs) in this job. (laughs) I really thought I really had like Full on panic attacks about it, but um, you don't, you don't have to stay in what you're doing. And as a matter of fact, moving on, I I just had a dear friend, Elise, move from Vashon to Alaska, and she's like, oh my gosh, I you know I hate to leave and do this thing. And I was like, guess what? If neither of us had ever moved here, we wouldn't know each other right now. So think about that. In if you're thinking about, oh, I shouldn't transition, or I I wish I could do this. It's all just a step along the way, and it. And it, the experience that it brings is is the absolutely. juice. Absolutely,
0: absolutely.
1: But so you have video,
0: yes. As uh, a- actually, my background is in video production. So, but it's in, in was in a weird
1: genre before <laughs> video production. What? Weird and fascinating,
0: fascinating all at the same time. Is that I got a job even before I graduated college. For a company that special specialized in outdoor video production. So mm-hmm. I've been every kind of fishing, hunting, boating, there's Abby craziness. And people that know me now are, are like, really? <laughs> like, I don't see you doing that. Um, yeah, I used to wear camo a lot. Let's put it that way
1: before <laughs> camo was cool. <laughs> and
0: You're it awesome. was leggings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: and the other thing about the video that you were so adept at w- is that it was you were carrying a huge camera around. It, oh, it wasn't right. video as we know it today.
0: No, no. It's definitely changed leaps and bounds. And plus, at the time, that kind of outdoor genre, genre was very um, male dominated. Mm-hmm. So I remember showing up at a shoot um, of all places in Arkansas. and. You know, I come in schlepping gear. My editor was behind me, a gentleman schlepping gear. And they looked at me and like, or, who are you? Uh,
1: I'm sure. Why
0: are you here?
1: Oh, and
0: so, you know, uh, I've seen a lot. I've experienced a lot. But once again, those kind of experiences, now that someone would hear that would kind of cringe or say, I'm sorry. But once again, it shaped me.
1: Absolutely. The learning from that, the learning, because I mean, we could say this a million times over, you think you're learning one thing, but you're learning a hundred others at the same time. Exactly. So, yeah. And then your other, but you had a double major, right? Wasn't it? it, Yeah. This is my favorite part.
0: (laughs) I was like, what? So sociology. So I, I like the study of groups, groups of people, Mm-hmm. But I think it also can go outside of that. It's like, what interests people? What makes them, what makes a group of people go here and do this and then become that, you know, the mob mentality or just, you know, a group of people hanging out and then it just breaks up and everybody goes on their way. And I just, I don't know, I nerd out over a lot of stuff, but I'm just always intrigued at just people.
1: Mm-hmm. And I love people. that because I think, and we'll, quickly spin around into what you're doing today but you're you're a numbers person you're fascinated with business small business making small businesses run better which is really why I wanted to start this conversation and so kind of how did you turn that into what you've been doing in say the last 5 to 10 years
0: I would say that I've owned a couple of my own businesses um and then Worked with small businesses, medium-sized businesses, and just realized that everybody has these great small businesses. They're such great small entrepreneurs, but they don't have a marketing department. They don't have a social media department. They don't have an accounting, you know, department. They just give everything to their accountant at the end of the year. You know, it's just simple things like that. That I realized that they don't have the resources but sometimes they're not able to really feel comfortable reaching out Mm -hmm. and saying, you know what? It's okay. I don't know this, but I don't know who to ask. I don't know where to reach out to. I don't know the next steps. And I mean, most of us can say that about a lot of things. Mm -hmm. We don't always know the next steps to everything. I sure don't for everything. Right. But to have a, to have someone to collaborate with, to talk to, Um, Mm -hmm. just as a, as a partner, as an equal, not a literal partner, but just as Mm -hmm. a friend, a colleague. Mm -hmm.
1: So, so what are, so some of the things that Abby and I have done together, I I hate to actually say how long it's been now, because it's been a while since we (laughs) were able to collaborate on a day-to-day, but we, with that thought in mind that you just um, described, it was kind of, we, we really ideated a lot, like, how could we help people? What do we even see that somebody might not see themselves? Um, for instance, you know, we're in the gift and design art creative arena. So, um, okay, showroom ABC. Um, it feels to us like you would like to, up, you are thinking about updating your look or you, it might be time to update your look, your branding, etc. Could we help you with that? So we did that. And then that, that showroom owner then said, gosh, you know, I'm representing several, um, lines manufactured by small businesses or artists or, you know, handmade things. These guys need your help. And these guys need your help. Um, this company. So we worked with a company to do their, their catalog, their website, all the things that, that they put out, rephotograph their work. So it looked, had the look, they were, so it's all branding really, but re-photographing so that it, it was, it felt young and vibrant and kidlike, And I still have my Pinterest boards that we collaborated on then because we were, we were thinking like, how could we shoot these pictures of kids? And they, they were doing it themselves, but we kind of sent, sent them things like, here's great ideas on how to do this. And it just elevated their brand. It helped them to sell things more. There was a, um, toffee company. There was a baby clothing company. There was a wine company that we started. Um, we helped build out their whole online retail presence. So we've had some fun experiences (laughs) together, but during all that we were, you know, those were, those were things like, how can we, how can we take, how can we um, put into action some of these ideas we have and, and the sociology aspect aspect and the, and the visual aspect, but at the same time, we, we've both been doing different things. So what are the, some of the things you've been doing for, for work, work?
0: So for work, work, I'm currently, I used to be freelance once, um, I left Hallmark, uh, I've been freelancing ever since then. So just similar work, working with small to mid-sized company. I worked for, um, doing set styling, doing photo styling. She's a
1: fantastic stylist, by the way.
0: (laughs) And working for um, companies to help them with some social media needs, rebranding, you know, just kind of basically what you talked about before, just with a whole new group of people. And um, started freelancing for Demdeco. And Demdeco is a wholesale manufacturer, but they... Recently, I would say within the last probably three to four years, I've gone direct to consumer. So I had been doing a a lot of freelance for them and ended up taking a full-time position. They called me a COVID hire. So um, I started, my official day to start was January of 2020. So, But you'd been
1: freelancing for them for a couple of years.
0: For, gosh, five, six, seven years.
1: And what do you do? When you're what's a what do you do for Demdeco?
0: Okay, I'm the photo stylist, so I I should say photo and video stylist. Um, I also produce, so I am now doing a lot more producing work, but generally photo and video styling. So I work on everything from the wholesale catalog to we have a new consumer catalog, so it's direct to consumer. They recently started that within the last couple of years, which has really grown year over year more than probably I expected. Mm -hmm. And so it's super exciting.
1: So I think from from an the outside looking in for me, that you take your sociology, you know, your how do people work, you take your, you know, the skills you've honed on with your visual photography video and all that, and say, how can I put this product together in either a still or a moving image that is going to put it in front of the person that wants to buy it and make them do that? That's the goal. And I feel like, and I, I mean, it is kind of an Abby fest, but I'm going to say <gasps> that those catalogs, and I think you hear this from the team you work for, are some of the best in the industry. They are gorgeous. And when you look at Demdaco, it's D-E-M-D-A-C-O. We'll put a link in the show notes. But again, it's a, it started and it has a, a long history as a very successful wholesale company, meaning Demdeco. 25 stores, years this 25 year. 25 years, wow. 25 okay. Years. So Demdaco sold their products into other stores. And, and if you're in the U.S., you'll be very familiar with several of those products and you might other, otherwise as well. But now the direct-to-consumer, what does that mean for, for them?
0: For them, it means that we're also trying to get more of brand awareness. Nobody knows the name nine times out of 10. You say other company names in Kansas City, for example, like a Hallmark, everybody knows exactly. Demdaco, not so much. But when you mentioned that Willow Tree was the catalyst that really brought everything to fruition for them from what i understand is that was the launching pad for that so mm-hmm. um everybody i feel like knows the willow tree brand for sure
1: so they have some people there that you know the numbers people and the idea people that are saying like okay if we have had this you know long profitable history of selling into other places and certainly this happened to a lot of companies during COVID. And for those of you who are have your own things out there, there's been a lot more, there's been a huge increase in print on demand. You're finding ways to sell your own product. Well, it's really not that different for larger companies as well because of the margin and the the fact that you are going direct to the consumer, the customer who is telling you what they want, and that just helps your line improve, right? So right. direct to consumer, for a company like Demdeco and other companies, you know, a, around the world that are figuring this out means that that line now has, they have to figure out they have to change their business model to be able to sell, ship one mug to, you know, Mary Lou somewhere. And instead of this is a pack of 10 mugs and you're paying this price and they're coming shipped this way. So it it means changing a few things, but it's also the f- most fantastic way to get the feedback and grow your company, um, both financially and I don't know for the ideas, I would think.
0: Right, and I think too is, you know, in hindsight, we had already gone direct to consumer right before the pandemic started, so we already had approximately maybe a year under our belt, so to speak and then that hit. So then right no place, right time stores were open. And, you know, unfortunately there were some casualties in retail mm-hmm. that we all know about some mom and pop shops at, all the way up to, you know, some nationals as mm-hmm. well. And so I think that helped us actually um, to get more consumer facing. It kind of forced you into that mode pretty quickly and kind of, you know, moving the parts and pieces around to so be how, uh, consumer facing.
1: Yeah. So I have a question that might be, I don't know, too big of an ask, but how do you see what you've seen happening in your day-to-day job um, trickling down to the small business owner, that artist that's selling their one-of-a-kind thing? Like you're such a digger of information. You're so good at finding out cool things that are happening. Like, how do you see that translating? Or do you have any kind of advice for people who might be listening and are like, I am trying to make this happen myself. To more
0: of a website presence or just a consumer facing?
1: I'd say, okay, so you're, say you're an artist and a cook and you have a couple ideas like, okay, I want to sell tote bags or I want to make some scarves. Or maybe I want to do a little cookbook. How do I, I know I can get, I I remember that in the old days, they talked about being able to go to a show and having stores buy my stuff, but actually I just want, I'm trying to license my work, but I'd like in the meantime to be selling something.
0: Right. I, I think on something like that, you have to think of it two ways because it's not black and white. You have to show the the business side of it. So first of all, I'm always amazed that artists, when they're making their own kind of products and selling them that way, they don't know the true cost of
1: their time, their time. I'm so glad you're talking about that.
0: Yes. The cost of their time to make that product. So if I, uh, created a mug, but I hand through it. I have my time, the material. I mean, just all those things, that's the things that I think about. And I'm always amazed at artists that say, oh, my time's not like, you know, it, it didn't cost anything really, you know, I was just playing around and ended up with this cool mug, but it, you still have to think about, did it take you an hour? Did it take you, you know, four weeks? you know, something like that to find that. But once you found it, okay, then my process only takes an hour or -hmm. whatever. That to me is always surprising just in the business part of it. But in the creative part of it, this is a conversation I've been having a lot lately is Amazon, as much as we love to hate them, (laughs) Mm -hmm. they've really set the standard for a consumer shopping experience in my mind. Is that before you had one picture, maybe one picture of your product, maybe two pictures of your product. Mm -hmm. Now, Amazon wants you to have five to eight different views of your product. Plus, it's not only just, you know, a picture of my mug on a white background with nothing else, front, back, sides, all that kind of stuff but I need it in an environment. I need it in someone's hands. I need it with coffee in it or hot cocoa. I need it with pencils in it to show that it's a teacher's get, you know, there's so many other scenarios that, and then now all of a sudden, Oh, and can I see a video clip too? Mm-hmm. So those to me are moving that needle very quickly for artists and people that are trying to sell their products online, because you have to keep up with that pace. Right. And even for a company like ours, keeping up with that pace, when you have thousands of SKUs, like do the math, Ugh. and it will scramble your brain. Yeah. So but you got to figure out where's our tam- time well spent on our high priority projects, our most consumer facing projects, the projects that people already know what we do. Mm
1: hmm. Yeah, I, I really think like I've talked to so many people about, and these are topics for another day, really, because we could go on for hours, but print on demand and finding finding the best ways to get your product in front of somebody if you're not a big manufacturer or you don't have a, a big company bef- behind you or you're not licensing in the way you you wish you could. Um, so it's it's just... I think the main, one of the main things for me is, so even though it can be discouraging, if it's something that really lights you up and you're passionate about it, you should really keep trying. You should really keep trying.
0: Totally. Absolutely. And once again, I mean, you, everybody hears these affirmations, so to speak, that, you know, you go to someone, they don't like your stuff and you leave and you feel defeated and you go to the next, you know, and then all of a sudden there's that one person that loves your stuff. Mm-hmm. As soon as you walk in, they love you. They love your, per, you know, your products, your art, your design, anything like that. And so it's, but we still beat ourselves up over it mm-hmm. of all the negatives. We remember those other 99 people that told us no. Yeah. We barely remember the one person that said yes. And It's it's true. It's true. It's hard to do. I mean, it's even hard for me to do. It's easy for me to say, but it is hard to do. But you just can't, you just cannot let that defeat you at the end of the day.
1: You really can't. And if it's, if it's something you listen to, if it's a walk you take to recenter yourself or a, a friend like Abby or a, you know, I don't know, cooking, or, you know, a, a song, something just to be like, all right, I'm going to take a couple deep, deep breaths. <laughs> as you know, yes, it's a dot on the timeline and tomorrow is another day. And we're going to try again, because if it's lighting you up and you're passionate about it, that will come through.
0: Right. And also like my advice too, on something like that is take a step back. If you're receiving 99 no's, but there is that one yes, but maybe they like the, your mug, but the other items that you've Pitch to them, they say no to. So it still feels like a little bit of a de- defeat. T- try to, I would say, try to take a step back mm. and then look at your art, your designs, how you presented things like that in a black and white manner. Mm. They take the emotion out of it. You know, could I have positioned myself better? Could I have? You know, um, presented my art differently.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Is my color palette wrong? I mean, just everything. Just take a step back and just analyze it, critique it. Mm-hmm. If you feel like you can't critique it yourself, find the people that you can reach out to. Yes. Be honest and sometimes brutally honest. And that's don't be thin skinned, because if you really want that critique, I'll never forget. And I think you'll remember the story is we have a mutual artist um, person that we know and we got to talking, um, long story short, they made the comment that they hated the color purple, not the movie, the book or anything like that, but literally the color purple. And it's like, why do you hate that color? And it was just such an interesting conversation. So then Margot and I were like having coffee probably a week or two later and we were like, you know what we should do? We should challenge her because she hates it so bad to find the art, the beauty, something she could create with a color purple, mm. lilac, dark purple, <laughs> plum, whatever you want to call it. And it was funny because it was like, if, if you want to continue to make product, make designs, make art, do anything creative but you have that one thing you're like, yeah, I don't do that. Or I don't want that color or anything like that. That's a, that's a, not necessarily a roadblock block. I call it like a speed bump. Mm-hmm. You're going to get momentum and then you're going to meet the one art director that loves purple. <laughs> and then what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, like, oh, sorry. I can't do that. Are you going to tell them? No. Right. No, you're not going to do
1: that. That's a great analogy and I think both you and I from having worked in a more of a fast-paced corporate environment because we both are entrepreneurial first big time and then we decided to add that to our resume for some reason. <laughs> um but one of the things that I think is a one of the greatest skills and you can kind of tell if somebody has been in corporate of any type advertising or art or whatever it is is that they have honed that skill of not being completely married to that piece of art. Like, oh, but I put this out into the world this way. It's like, oh, you want me to change that thing? Okay, I'll change that thing. That is such a huge, uh, an important tool for your toolbox. Be flexible. Exactly. exactly. Or you're not going to, like, I only draw dog's noses this way. <laughs> Never. Like, forget about it. You're not going to. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I just, and one of the things I was going to ask you is how do you feel that social media is either messing with us or helping us these days?
0: Oh, wow. What a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It is definitely a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know so many creative people that still have the question, should I really put everything out there? Mm -hmm. My process, my colors, my this, my that, any of my current work, you know, they'll just hack me, whatever, which I find surprising because it's just like, just put it out there because it builds the story. And right now when you're presenting where it's product or a, a creative idea, it's all about the story like now we just come I'm clapping. <laughs> we just have um well I should say for me personally I have to know the story. If there's not a story of some kind, I'm really not interested anymore. Mm-hmm. But it also depends on the story. If you can tell when a story is genuine and when a story is not genuine. In my opinion, yeah. I see it, but I also I mean there's so many creative people and just to hear about people's process and what they do and how they do it. I mean, it just it's fuel for me. Absolutely. I love to hear that. And I want to know more. Mm-hmm. So put it out there. It builds your brand.
1: I agree. I you're, I swear I didn't pay her to say that. Um, I I really think that it's all about that. It really is all about your story. I would love to know if you like, how would you approach or suggest somebody telling that story? If it feels daunting or like, how do you like to do that? Oh gosh.
0: (laughs) I mean, if I would tell someone how to do it, you just, for me too, it's, it's starting with the basics. Like once again, i probably have a different mindset on some of that creativity that I like to dissect it down into once again, I joke with some of my coworkers. I'm a very black and white person. I don't like gray. I like the color gray, (laughs) (laughs) but like, I want our conversations about work, about creativity, things like that, like very black and white.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: So if I'm going to, to talk to someone and make suggestions about what they should do on their website or social media or anything like that. It's one, be authentic. So if you're authentically an introvert, you can just show pictures and have one line of copy. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This is me. Mm -hmm. These are some of the things I love. Just make statements. Mm -hmm. I, I also think too, that you can, be authentic. You can explain about yourself and not be too emotional. I heard someone say that the other day, that Mm. it's too emotional. Some, sometimes social media can get too emotional. People tell us too much
1: Mm -hmm, for sure.
0: So, you know, find that balance for you. But once again, if you're the introvert, you don't have to say a lot And your pictures, and your product and your designs or whatever you're working on can speak that for you. And you can let everyone else fill in the blanks. But if you're hyper social, you talk a lot, you love to talk, you, anybody that asks about your products or your art, anything like that, that you create, and you just end up talking for an hour about it, then you can put your social media through that filter.
1: Mm, that's a good point.
0: So, so be genuine. hmm but it doesn't have to be like TMI genuine,
1: Right. And I liked what you said about, you know, if you're an introvert, just show, you know, a picture in progress or a pretty flower you saw or something and write one line. It's okay. It's just now since COVID, I feel like, and I've been having this conversation a lot, you know, the shows aren't the same you know we don't show up in front of people in the same way so if we're about moving our businesses forward and one of the things Abby and I want to do is show up here more um to have com- really specific business minded conversations is um you you're going to have to show up in places that maybe you've just been hanging out and and not really telling your story as much and you know how what how do you form that that kind of entity that is your creative path and your creative business. And what are you putting out into the world and how are you doing it? And who are you contacting? But visually a lot of people are looking at your work that you might not even know. So it's, I love it when I see work in progress or a little bit of somebody's story, like, Oh my gosh, I have three dogs and a cat. And here's what, what crazy antics they're doing. You know, it's just, it gets, it it might subtract the fact because we, we can't be in touch and visit everybody. It's this pretty awesome way to travel to Germany and have a look in somebody's studio, travel to Japan and see what's, you know, like we follow all these people. And so how do you, you, there's, you just, there's no room to say, I can't do this because you can, because every single one of us has, a story whether we think it's interesting or not
0: but what a perfect way though to to um i think if covid the pandemic the lockdown you know everything leading up to where we are currently has taught me personally anything is that you can reach that group of people in a different way now so yeah. you can have your social media and have your website and have all that ahead ahead of a meeting that maybe is in person that maybe is via Zoom, maybe it's a phone call, maybe it's at a show, a gift show or something like that and everyone's wearing masks. You know, you can present that stuff ahead ahead of time and most really hyper creative directors that you might have a meeting with. If I know, and by looking at your website that maybe you are, I can tell, oh, she's a little bit of an introvert or he is super outgoing or anything like that. Then I know what to expect before Mm -hmm. I even meet you maybe face-to-face or on a zoom call or
1: just on a audio call only. That's a great point. I, I never really thought about it that way, that how you present yourself, if you can be as real as you can then, and you're not just like, here's my beautiful pattern I just made, but, When you have that meeting, somebody's like, oh my gosh, I can relate to you in this way. Or I see that, and they might not even say it, but it just, it helps set the stage.
0: Because I've met people before that ask certain things or questions or anything like that. And, you know, pick my brain, so to speak. But if it's the first time I've met them and they're standoffish or they're quiet or timid or shy or something... I'm I'm trying to analyze, uh, you know, well, what's happening here, but if I know in advance that that person is a little timid or shy, it's their first big gift show that they've been to, you know, they have tons of meetings or super nervous. I mean, if you know that kind of in, in advance, then my expectations are different versus thinking that they're aloof or not really interested or,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, why'd you set up time for us to talk if you're not really talking? Right. You know, it's things like that. I, th- I think this kind of situation that we're in has given us a little more grace of knowing who we're talking to long before we even really meet him or never even meet face to face. I don't
1: know. That's a very good point. I mean, it's not hard. All you yeah. do is type in G O O G L E and put <laughs> in there what you want and you can find out a lot, a lot about somebody. One more thing I want to touch on, because I know we could talk all day, but we'll just keep this conversation going at another time, is you are somebody that I often look to or I'm interested in how you find inspiration and trend and things like that. You're you're fascinated with it, like I am and many other people listening. What what kind of drives you in that realm?
0: Gosh, right now, um, and we had talked about this earlier, not finding inspiration in just like one person or one thing It's just right now I'm just obsessed with like spaces like certain spaces and like we mentioned before uh offline is like bathrooms for example I have been on this quest because all of a sudden I realized you know the bathroom used to be really <laughs> utilitarian it used to be very sterile not very and now it's this resurgence of having this like beautiful macked out over the top space but over the top doesn't necessarily mean dollars spent Mm -hmm. it means like in my head you know who's gonna paint a whole entire bathroom black Mm -hmm. like a super small bathroom that just has like you know a little sink and a tiny toilet and it's black Mm-hmm. and I just oh, I intrig- saw one
1: this morning um, <laughs> just, online
0: exactly and it just intrigues me on now there's not like the rules of spaces mm-hmm. and that's what I always like too is where are there still rules in design mm-hmm. and mm. people say oh <gasps>
1: I, I have- love that question
0: well I had this I had this conversation before with some other people it was like you know, someone made the comment, oh, I can't do this, or I can't use, once again, this color, or I can't use this pattern, or, you know, I can't do this. And it's like, but where are the rules?
1: Mm-hmm. And if
0: you, if you think there are still rules, then be the rule breaker.
1: Right? Again. <laughs>
0: I mean, uh, yeah, because so it's stuff like that. It's just, those are the things that I find trend wise. I mean, I look everywhere. I'm once again, the nerd person in me, I can end up down a rabbit hole, all kinds of stuff, but um, the social selling right now intrigues me.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm.
0: That's obviously another form of direct to consumer, but how to make it social, how to make it um, personable, mm-hmm. how now the shopping experience? once again due to covid good or bad um the the shopping experience has really changed yes. i think i think more local markets you know things like that will make more of a resurgence mm-hmm. more you know art shows for the creatives and things like that i think they were always popular but renegade craft fair i mean i can just feel feel that that could just explode even more than.
1: Yeah. People have. are more comfortable staying more locally and just right. not having to import something, supporting others that are hard working neighbors, things like that. You know, um, you are, I love looking at your feed and your stories because it's always juicy and inspirational. It kind of gets me down some crazy rabbit holes and we'll share How to find Abby, but um, I just love that point of being inspired by spaces. For those of us that are creative, which we all are in some way or another, um, you know, our home is something that uh, where we make a a comfortable space, if possible. Our studio, you know, what does maybe what we're wearing, you know, whatever. But to stop and think i want to paint that black or whatever it is or what even even if you're not going to do anything to your own space but you're seeing things that other people are doing i just love that i mean if you guys follow me on social media you'd see too i'm so inspired by all of your artwork and that's that's something that i um, love sharing and reposting in my stories. It's just because, oh my gosh, look at the gorgeous way these, these flowers were drawn or whatever it is. And that's just my inspiration. And and lately I've been into bathrooms probably because Abby keeps posting these crazy, rich, gorgeous, amazingly tiled spaces. And I'm like, I'm following more home decor people this week than I was last week, you know, but it it is those things that in those places and those people we tend to go to or you know, whatever it is, Pinterest or a, or a favorite email or, or a show you like to look at that, that help us get out of our chair, even though we're still sitting in it and take us and inspire us to again, full circle, come back and put that energy into our business, into what lights us up into those dreams we have, you know, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And I think
0: that stuff just helps everyone like it helps you as the artist and as the creator and helps us you know the potential consumer too like that stuff I feel it when you know the artist you know the story you know the product you you, you know the art resonates with you any of those just emotional connections that you can have mm-hmm. but then sometimes you just might love it just because it's beautiful there yeah. might you know, there might not be all those flowery, perfect <laughs> scenarios. You just might see wallpaper and it's just a simple, I don't know, small lined pattern. But for some reason it speaks to you and that's it. Right. So
1: don't, don't have to so, know why. You know,
0: don't overthink it either. Don't try, don't try to create a product and make this flowery story behind it. If there's really not a story, you just love that pattern. That's the story.
1: Exactly. Oh, I love that. It's really about, again, circling back and being true to yourself and, and taking time doing what lights you up. If it's checking out cool bathrooms, it's going to translate, you know, into some, some other thing that helps helps you grow or helps you get through your day in a way that just is better than it was. So, you know, I would love it. I'm going to put an ask out there and that is for anybody who wants to, to my personal Instagram is at M and windowsill chats is at windowsill chats and pop into those DMS. And if you have any creative questions, Abby and I, um, have again been talking about this for a long time even before the podcast started of just how can we be a resource for people and and what are those questions that you have and um expect to hear a little bit more of that sort of direct response here because um i just love what we can bring and what we can do and and uh, abby has such great insights and is always looking at things so we'd just like to do a little bit more of this for you and it might be a regular podcast it might be one that comes on in between but let's let's work together to get you where you want to be
0: and it can be the questions too they don't all have to be creative questions
1: no good lord good point
0: like, please know that yeah. <laughs> I mean Margo and I have had questions like people have even said, you know, I don't know how to read a PL. <laughs> and yeah. I, I need to know if I'm even profitable as my own
1: little business. Yes, Abby like, is a numbers person. Me, I, I not mean, so much, but she but really once is. Again,
0: once again, know your worth.
1: Yeah. You really, not
0: only is that like an analogy, it's also literal. You need to know your worth and you need to understand when you meet with people, when you create your work, whatever it is you need to know your worth.
1: Uh, I'm so glad you brought it around back to that because you guys, we can think creatively all day and be inspired by that green tile. But to move forward, sometimes there's just some really basic tools that you need to make sure you're using. So throw them in the mix, you know? And that's what we've
0: always talked about too, is sometimes Mm -hmm. you just have to go back to the basics. The basics of whatever it is, business, your art, your creativity, anything like that.
1: Yeah. Who you are, how you walk through this crazy life. Are you scattered and have a million things going and hate to ever look at numbers? Maybe me, or are you, you know, busy with a couple jobs to pay the pay the bills and you're trying to figure out this thing over here and, and who do you talk to? You know, you said in the very beginning, um, Sometimes there's a lot of things that we we need to know, and we we're afraid to say. But I don't know how to read a PL or I don't know how to post a story, or you know, these are all bits and parts and pieces of life, and 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 moving forward and having a business or having a passion or whatever it is. So, not saying that you know we're the end all, know it all, fix it all, but Abby and I are really passionate about helping people succeed. And so we just thought it would be really great to start here with this episode and say, we're going to be showing up in a way that, that things that inspire us and things that might help you too. So.
0: Awesome. I'm excited. <laughs> me
1: too. So Abby, do tell us where people can find you. You can
0: find me on Instagram. I'm updating my website currently, but I'm only on Instagram and it's AJ C-A-M-P, Casey.
1: Perfect. It'll be in the show notes too. And go check out all of Abby's gorgeous b- bathroom inspiration and everything else that is fabulous there.
0: Thanks my dear. Thank you for having me. And thank you for inviting me for like two years and I'm finally RSVP.
1: <laughs> okay. She did try and change this today. She did try and move it to another day. Oh yeah. Sorry <laughs> about that. But I'm here. there. That's the cool thing though, too. You know, you have People you know well, and and life is just fluid, right? Because it's just it's just how it is. So let's all figure it out together. It's been super fun. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windows Sell Chats quickly and easily from the show page in the Spotify app. You can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.